Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Pet Place Radio Show. I'm so glad you've joined us because we have a spooktacular show for you today. I'm Marie Hewlett and my co-pilots on today's ghostly adventure are, as always, my handsome hubby, Jeffrey Isbell, and my beautiful and creative daughter, Ariana Isbell, who you have most likely come to know by now as our Pet Place Vegan Chef. Happy Halloween! Halloween. (laughs) So it is Halloween season, and in keeping with the season, we're brewing up some very appropriate topics for you. In fact, Ariana, tell us about the scary treats you plan to teach us how to make. Well, I can guarantee there will be no eye of newt in my recipe, but my cruelty-free recipe will be sure to please every goblin and ghost who visits your house. We are making ghost meringue cookies. Well, as long as there's enough left for me, I won't mind sharing with the goblins and ghosts. I know all the humans in my family enjoy this time of year, but our pets, not so much. And they're not alone on that front. Most companion animals get a little scared on Halloween, and it's not for the reasons you might think. Well, to help address some of the potentially dangerous issues that pet parents need to be aware of, We've invited Orange County Register pet columnist Marianne Dell to the show, and she's here right now. Hey, Marianne, how are you? I'm great, Marie. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm I'm still kind of uh, relishing the happy memories from yesterday's Halloween parade. I know. That was fun, judging all those wonderful dogs and their owners and seeing everybody having a good time. Yeah, and the costumes were just fabulous this year. Every year they get better and better and better. I know. People really get imaginative, and and you can see that a lot of them have actually worked to help get their dogs used to them. You know, a few of the dogs were... Not real happy with things on their heads and stuff, but most of them seem to be okay with having things on their bodies, which isn't always the case with a lot of dogs. Yeah, how do you get dogs used to wearing costumes? I know a lot of people like to get into the festivities with their pets, so what are your recommendations? Well, my recommendation is start now, or at least don't wait until two days before next Halloween to start. Yeah. (laughs) Because... Dogs, again, they're not born liking to put on clothes. Some dogs take to it very easily, but what I like to do is, if I have a puppy, it's Mm -hmm. much easier to put something on a puppy because they've been handled a lot most of the time. They're kind of used to being swaddled or lying next to their mom or cuddling up with the other puppies, so wrapping them with something isn't such a big deal. Okay. But if you have an older dog like my Stitch who thinks that trying to put a costume on him is tantamount to basically trying to, I don't know, throw him into prison, (laughs) I would start real basically with showing him the costume, maybe laying it on the floor in front of him, and giving him some treats. Okay. So he learns to pair seeing that costume with yummy stuff. Ah. Pick up the costume, put it back down, more treats. Okay. You do that until you get the costume out and his face lights up, his tail starts to wag, whatever. You can tell he's enjoying this. And then maybe you just lie it on his back. Mm -hmm. Just drape it over his back. Don't try to hook it or anything. Take it away. Give him a treat. Put it on his back. Give him a treat. Take it away. 
so that, again, he's getting more and more used to the idea of having this thing on him not being a bad thing. It's just kind of fun because it's time with mom or dad, and it brings good treats. And if you have a dog who likes toys, you can switch treats for a toy and put it on, play a little tug, throw the ball, let him go chase the ball. If it comes (laughs) off, who cares? Well, all the dogs seemed like they were having a good time. And does the entry fee that the contestants or the contestants' parents actually paid, does that go to a good cause somehow? Um, Yes, it would go to, no doubt, the rescues, mine and Canine Kismet, um, who board their dogs at Crossroads. Awesome. So usually any money they make from stuff like that would go to help the rescue dogs. Okay. Um, Okay. And the groups, well, the groups that fund the rescue dogs. So, so that's always nice. It's yeah. always helpful. It's a win-win for everybody. Absolutely. We need yeah. to promote this ahead of time next year so that if people want to get involved, they can. I agree. We need to get word out on it more. Because and, it, it's uh, a growing event, but I think it could be much bigger. I think so, too. I think so, too. And, you know, we have the city support. Stanton is well behind it. They mm-hmm. enjoy doing it and getting the people out and getting there to the park for the day. So I think it's, a, like I said, it's a win-win all around. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, speaking of costumes, I know sometimes dogs freak out when they see people in costumes. Do you have any idea how you can acclimate dogs to costumes? Well, again, the same thing would work if, if you feel the need to. Mm-hmm. My rule of thumb for folks with animals is the best thing to do on Halloween Put them in the house, away from the door, let them go chill in the family room or upstairs in the bedroom, and you deal with greeting folks at the door. Okay. Um, Because some dogs might take huge offense at it. Um, Some dogs might just be scared by it. My little bumblebee, I can guarantee you, would stand and bark like crazy at someone in a costume because it's something new and different. Mm -hmm. And she might scare somebody, particularly some little children. Oh, yeah, and little children will just barge right into the house. (laughs) If you open the door, they'll come right on in. (laughs) Very true. And some dogs who really don't know or are very scared might take the attitude that the best defense is a good offense and actually charge at the kids barking, Uh which, you know, could cause someone to fall or run and kids are wearing masks. So you kind of... My advice on that is to keep them separate as much as you can. Right. And for, with, the door, with the door opening and closing so much, too, it seems like the perfect storm as far as dogs and cats and any other pet yes. that you happen to have getting loose during that opening and closing period. Absolutely. Another reason why I think it's important to keep them safe. Now, what about going trick-or-treating with your pet? What do you think about that? Again, let your pets stay at home. (laughs) (laughs) I think trick-or-treating is a lot of fun for people, Mm -hmm. but I don't necessarily think it's the best thing for animals. There are exceptions. I'm sure there are people who've been doing it for years, and their dogs may love it. It may be something they all do together. Mm -hmm. But again, you could run into people who also are trick-or-treating who are afraid of dogs. That's right. Um, You may run into a situation where something your dog hasn't experienced, sometimes people are pulling wagons that are are all decked out with, Mm -hmm. you know, the babies in them with costumes, and maybe the dog's never seen something like that, and they jump at it or on it. And 
there's just a little too much craziness. I always worry about kids enough at Halloween, but fortunately, most of the particularly little ones I see are with parents. Yeah. So they're pretty safe from people driving recklessly or just not paying attention to what's going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, a dog might bolt. Yeah. They might get scared at something and run out and mm-hmm. possibly get hit by a car or just run off and get lost. Right. And if you're trying to hold your kid's hand or maybe hold also the bag of candy and you're also holding the leash, I could see how you could easily accidentally drop the leash and that is a recipe for disaster. Sure. And there's some treats that kids get that are very dangerous to dogs. Oh, yeah. I'm sure I'm sure there are people out there who give out sugar free gum. Well, mm-hmm. xylitol, which is a key ingredient in sugar-free gum, can kill a dog very quickly. Oh, yeah. Uh, their, I believe it's their kidneys, but don't quote me, can't process it, mm-hmm. and they go into, it's either kidney or liver failure if wow. they ingest that. So no so, candy for the dogs from the kids' bags? No. No. So, um, it's, they don't need it any more than any of us do. Uh-huh. <laughs> and chocolate, of course, is not very good for them, particularly dark chocolate. The right. darker it is the worst its effects on dogs. Not good for cats either. Mm -hmm. So it's really something, if you're going to be dumping the candy bag, make sure you do it out of reach of the pets. Absolutely. And and not only that, but once once you've checked all the candy and made sure it's safe for your kids, you need to put it up in a high place because dogs have amazing noses and they can figure out if your your kid's bag is underneath their bed. Yes, you can. And you need to seal it because cats, of course, have amazing leaping abilities. Oh, okay. <laughs> and while I don't think they're probably as interested, you never know. Okay. I've had cats who like to eat just about anything we eat. So, Well, my kitties have gotten into trouble in the past in uh, getting into plastic wrappers of candy. And, that's of course, true. that's really bad, but they just love the plastic. So you got to yeah. keep all of that stuff away and keep your pets safe. And, yeah. you know, that reminds me of something else, not just pets, but our local wildlife. We've had some devastating fires here in California. Our our ground cover is so dry. And even though we're getting into a little bit of cooler weather again after some insane heat last week, if you have candles in your pumpkins, It just worries me. I I saw pictures of deer running on the freeway trying to get away from flames and in extreme heat. And just it broke my heart to think about all the wild animals that were trying to survive in the recent fires here in California. So I would recommend not using candles and pumpkins. You could go to the 99-cent store or some other similar discount place and get those little fake candles to put in, and mm-hmm. they do a great job. And, and then you don't have to worry about fire. It's a, it's a really right. good thing. It's really good That's thing. right. If, if you, and if you happen to leave a pumpkin out with a candle burning, mm-hmm. and this is what I thought of when you first mentioned the candles in pumpkins, we live so close to wildlife in so many areas. Not only is it a danger of fire, but what if an animal comes up and decides it wants to eat that pumpkin because oh, they are yeah. edible? That's right. I hadn't gets, even thought of that. And gets burned. Mm-hmm. So it's for myriad reasons. It's just not worth it. Mm-hmm. Candles are great, but on like you say, they make those fake ones nowadays that are just as good. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And the whole point is just make sure your little 
furry friends, your furry family members are safe, happy, and secure during this fun time for people. It's not necessarily a fun pot time for animals, and, and we want to make sure everybody is safe. Isn't that right, Marianne? Absolutely. Find a place where they're comfortable, let them cozy up there, and spend the night there, and you go have fun. You enjoy the trick-or-treaters. Give out the candy. Dress up in your costumes. But let the dogs and the cats and the bunnies and everybody else just chill in their own space. <laughs> there you go. Well, thank you very much, and I sure wish you a very happy Halloween. You too, Marie. Okay. And if I, I'm sure I'll see you before, but I'll definitely see you at the Halloween parade again next year. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll talk to you soon. Take care. Okay. Bye. Bye. The Halloween parade was super cute. Some of the costumes were so creative. Yeah, but they didn't let me come with them this year. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. But it's okay. I took lots of pictures, and I posted them on our Pet Place Radio Facebook page. So everyone, whether you were there or not, can go to the page and see all of the fun photos and get info on pet-related news, events, and pet adoptions, too. Just go to facebook.com slash petplaceradio, and there are no spaces or dashes in Pet Place Radio. It's one long word. I haven't been to the site since you put the pictures up. I'll have to check it out. And since you brought it up, it's time for Animals in the News. This is really big. After years of trying, California became the first state to ban the sale of milbred dogs, cats, and rabbits in pet stores. I mean, this is really huge, folks. In addition to this huge step forward in the effort to end euthanasia of beautiful animals in shelters and rescues, this new law also requires that pet stores that do sell dogs, cats, and rabbits must bring in pets from shelters and rescues. That means that if they want to have pets, dogs, cats, rabbits, you name it, available for sale at their stores, they have to be from animal shelters or legitimate rescues. They can't be from breeders. They can't be from puppy mills. This is just amazing that California was the very first state to do this. And it's huge. It's huge for saving the lives of so many animals because, I mean, this has got to drop the euthanasia numbers. It just has to. I know a lot of breeders with strong lobbies have fought hard against this bill like this it's it's just amazing and and yet we were able to do something we were able to actually enact this law and i am so pleasantly surprised that we're finally at a place and time in history when good people recognize that it just isn't right to kill wonderful pets and shelters because and only because other people want to buy a quote purebred animal from a store so for as long as I could remember, I felt like I was beating my head against a wall trying trying to get people to understand that every time they purchased a puppy mill pet, they were essentially killing a pet at a shelter because they were making one less home available. All those one less homes add up. And it always blows my mind when people say like, oh, that's such an expensive breed. That, co- that cat must have cost... $25,000 or whatever. <laughs> and I'm like, listen, all cats are priceless. So, exactly. yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully this will be a trend in the entire country, you think? Fingers crossed. <laughs> of course, some people who like having the most expensive and rare pets 
sometimes opt for wildlife, which of course is illegal in most cases, and also dangerous for both people and the wildlife. For some time now, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service has been investigating animal trafficking in Southern California in what they call Operation Jungle Book. This coordinated investigation has led to 16 arrests revolving around the illegal smuggling of tigers, monitor lizards, rare and endangered turtles and fish. One of the rescued animals was a Bengal tiger cub that was seized by a customs agent after an 18-year-old Paris, California man tried to smuggle the frightened cub across the California-Mexico border. The young tiger is now being cared for at the San Diego Zoo, but it is just one of many animals in the growing black market animal trade. Smuggling wildlife carries a penalty of up to 20 years in prison. I don't know how anyone thinks they can properly care for a tiger, and I do wonder what happened to this particular tiger's mom. It just breaks my heart what people think they have the right to do with wild animals. If they're not trophy hunting, then they are keeping them as items to wow people, and it's almost always at the expense of the wild animals. Ari, you better take over because I'm about to start ranting. Well, how about if we go into my vegan cooking segment? Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> All right. Well, have you ever been left bereft at the end of a spooky Halloween night, realizing you've accidentally given away all of your candy? Every Please. year. <laughs> well, I have a solution for you. This Halloween treat is too good to give away. Tonight, we'll be making ghostly meringue cookies. <laughs> the recipe is simple and fast, so you won't have to spend more than a few minutes at the grocery store. All you need is either four humanely sourced egg whites or aquafaba for my vegans out there, a half teaspoon of a cream of tartar, one cup of sugar, and chocolate chips. Mm, you got <laughs> me with chocolate. <laughs> What you're going to do is preheat your oven to a devilish temperature of 225 degrees and get a large metal bowl to put your egg whites or aquafaba into. Whip them up to a froth using an electric mixer and add a little bit of the sugar at a time. After that, add in the cream of tartar until the mixture becomes stiff and holds a peak. Now, put your meringue into a big Ziploc bag and cut the corner just a little bit so you can squirt it out like frosting. And then you create your ghosts by spiraling the meringue into small piles on a nonstick baking sheet. But remember, if you are a pet parent with birds, don't use any nonstick materials that could potentially produce dangerous fumes. Oh, yeah, that's good to remind everybody about. Thanks, Ari. Mm-hmm. So the final touch is to place two chocolate chips on each ghost for the eyes. And then just bake for 45 minutes or until golden brown on the top. But the thing about these is they're so simple and they're really fun to decorate any way you want. You can use different colors of frosting to give them scary mouths and teas or any sort of thing that you want. But you better eat them fast or they might disappear. Now these treats I think are not low calorie, but they're not the highest calorie and yet they're really delicious. Ari, I just want to make sure that you're going to save some of these treats for me because, you know, just because I'm past trick-or-treating age doesn't mean I don't want to treat. <laughs> well, I'm well aware of that. But before we start sampling the sweets, let's meet some sweet pets 
that are looking for homes. <laughs> I'm going to start with Jellybean because he is a little black kitten, and it is Halloween after all. This guy is jiggly, wiggly, snuggly, and non-stop purr. He's like a magnet when people are around. He just wants to be held and loved, and he is the softest forever. Talk about stress reliever. When you pet him, all the day's difficulties just vanish. If you would like to meet him, contact OC Smallpaws at 714-815-4300 or email ocsp.adoptions at gmail.com. Putting Jellybean in the subject line. Adoption fees are $170, and that includes neutering, vaccinations, microchips, deworming, FELV, and FIV testing, and any other vet care. All in all, it's a great deal, because if you did this all on your own, it would no doubt cost much, much more. That is true. And for those of you who still want an exotic pet, well, you can't get much more exotic than Suki, who is the sweetest, happiest Sharpay you can imagine. When she was first brought in by the Animal Assistance League of Orange County, a no-kill rescue, she was in a terrible state of neglect and had serious health issues. Now, that is all in her past. And she is a beauty. Veterinarians who have been caring for her during her journey back to health said she is the friendliest Sharpay they have ever met. If you have it in your heart to give this gentle soul a new home, please contact the Animal Assistance League of Orange County at 714-893-4393 or email aaloc at aaloc.org and put Suki in the subject line. And I'm going to tell all the Benny people out in Radio Land about Klondike. What would you do? <laughs> we do have kind of a sweet thing going on right now. <laughs> he is available for adoption through the Benny Bench, which is a Benny Adoption Center in Fountain Valley, located at 10534 Bachelor River Avenue. Every time I see that, I think it's Belcher, but it's actually <laughs> Bachelor River Avenue. The center's phone number is 714-889-9755. Klondike is a male Rex, which if you know anything about bennies, you know how soft and wonderful Rex rabbits are. He looks like he's a little Siamese cat, the way he's colored, just gorgeous and very, very friendly. His adoption fee is $85, but we always recommend that bunnies get adopted in pairs because that is such a good idea. The Bunny Bench adopts two bunnies together for just $125. Of course, that includes spay and neuter, which again, if you were looking for a private vet to do that, it would cost $150 plus. So adoption always gives you a better deal. I don't think most people realize what a good deal adoption fees are because they think they can just get a free pet on Craigslist or something. Yeah, but and I really want you to listen to me on this. Free usually doesn't include everything you get from a shelter or a rescue. So free is a misnomer. It usually ends up meaning you pay a heck of a lot more. That is so true. So I hope everyone who is listening today will help spread the word about pet adoptions from shelters and rescues because there are so many little animals that need homes, which is why we always end our show with our tagline, Pets Need Love, 
and a home too. We might love all the animals, but we all need to actively do our part to find them permanent, loving, forever homes. That's the main reason the pet place even exists. So thanks for listening and helping us spread the word. And be sure to visit us on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash Pet Place Radio. And tune in next time for another packed edition of the Pet Place Radio Show. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.